you probably have a good bit of momentum of mindfulness going on right now. And this is the perfect, you've worked really hard to get to this place of uh, more moments of present time awareness with less remembering to do it. Maybe. And then periods, I'm sure, of where you have to keep remembering, keep on it. It kind of goes back and forth a little bit. And uh, so with this hard-won momentum, continuity of mindfulness, you can start to observe your experience directly and see more completely the nature of these mind-body processes we call emotions, thoughts, sense phenomena, walking, activities of the body, breathing, all of these components of our lives. So this morning, uh, I, I wanted to start with a beautiful meditation instruction that has helped me many times in my practice, and especially given that yesterday we were starting to We've been talking about clinging and letting go of clinging for a couple of days now. So this is a letting go reflection that will lead us into a practice technique, which is the technique I was referring to last night from Saida Utejaniya that I'll offer to you, and you might try out, see if you like it too. The meditation instruction that has to do with letting go. It's very simple. Let go of the past. Let go of the future. Let go of the present. Let go of the past. Well, of course, that means letting go of the past and future means letting go of the thoughts, the thinking about the past and the future. And coming back to the here and now. And we've been doing that. We've been engaged in that. The whole retreat. Letting go of the past. You know, the revising of the things that happened in the past. The holding on yesterday morning. We were, we were working with forgiveness. Letting go of the resentments, anger, blame, wishing it hadn't happened, things in the past, hurts in the past. So this forgiveness practice we did yesterday is a form of letting go of the past. Sometimes with this letting go process, and you know, as I as I was talking about and offering examples about in my talk last night and yesterday morning. Sometimes we are sort of nudging ourselves. Each time we recognize that we're caught up in clinging to a storyline and a scenario and a movie of the past, we recognize that and let it go. And Forgiveness practices are, uh, you know, practices like that are a great way of nudging ourselves 
When I do forgiveness practice with a really stubborn pattern in the past, what I often see will be this resistance to letting go at first. And then as I uh, make the suggestion to myself, maybe if I'm lucky, I might see some softening, little bit of softening. So like when we offer the forgiveness phrases to see what happens, if there's a little bit of softening of the letting go, and then continuing to do the forgiveness, it, the softening might deepen, I might, you know, it just might be nudging, nudging the grasping to release. Slowly, slowly, and it might take some time. We find ourselves at some point, oh, not only can I let go of these resentments, I can actually wish this person or myself well. That's how free my heart is right now. So we might slowly find our way towards the letting go of the past. And then as we develop this continuity of mindfulness, this collectedness of mind that sees very deeply and completely into the patterns of holding on, seeing over and over again the (coughs) backfiring strategy of the pattern. For example, when I shared last night about the pattern of fear and anxiety, (coughs) that backfiring strategy of the mind, of the fear uh, arising from the body (coughs) situation and then those thoughts that we're, we're jumping out of the fear, that we're exacerbating it. They were thoughts that were not necessarily true, but how the mind was trying to cope. It was running away. <clears throat> and when we see really deeply with our concentrated samadhi mind that sees things completely and in patterns, we might see the uh, suddenly it, just that insight moment where we recognize (coughs) holistically, intuitively. It's not a thinking process, but rather we're like, oh, that is unnecessary. I don't need to do that anymore. I don't need to believe in these thoughts because they're not true, and also they're causing me pain and suffering and making things worse for me. And all of that is seen in this moment of insight, and within the insight is the letting go. That beautiful unhooking, you know, that might happen, and when I share this with you, I don't, it's not like I'm saying you should be expecting or looking for that kind of experience. As I said last night, it comes when it comes. But it's a form of letting go that is what we call uprooting, uprooting these patterns of suffering. And But still, they are, you know, they've had a lot of time to work ruts in our minds, so they will return. Certainly fear didn't stop happening, and certainly the habit, fear just comes with those kind of catastrophic thoughts. So it's just that we are training ourselves to be able to detect it sooner with our present mindful awareness and our continuity of mindful awareness. And then when we detect that pattern operating, rather than running with it or getting caught up in it, we can intentionally remember what we know. It's not worth it. It's not worth riding along on that train. And we experiment with different ways of letting go of the train of the past, stepping off of the train at the platform. And one of the ways that I found that really 
helps support that kind of letting go of the past, reminding ourselves it's not worth it. As compelling as that pattern is always, these thoughts and emotions are quite seductive and sticky. They want us to get swept up. So I like to bring in the big guns of presence, the beauty of stillness and presence and just being Noticing the difference between being caught up in the worry, well, in this case it's the past, reliving the past, trying to change it, thinking again and again about how, about that person who hurt you or that situation. The difference between that and just resting in the here and now, especially in a beautiful place like this, where it's so simple and full and rich, and peaceful. And that's how we learn. Our bodies, our minds want to be happy, are leaning towards happiness and peace. And so if we just pay attention to the difference between those two, that can really help with the letting go. It's like, oh, <coughs> letting go into presence. Notice that it feels good. Appreciate the goodness of it, you know? Letting go of the future. Oh, that's a big one for me. Those of us who are future thinkers, planners, worriers, right? These constant, what the Buddha called becomings, craving to become. We're making these future selves in our minds and we're believing in them. Oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I need to do this, I need to do that. Letting go of the future. The waking up, letting go happens on its own with the recollection. You know, we might notice this. We wake up from these future plans over and over. What is waking us up? We're just remembering it's the intention to be present that's waking us up all on its own. We don't really have to be so vigilant and, you know, uh, watchful about it. It will actually happen on its own. We'll keep remembering and if it's a particularly compelling future, you know, very it's so understandable when there's a lot of stuff going on in our lives, that's going to generate a lot of thoughts about how to deal with, how to fix, how to, you know, someone here in an interview mentioned they're buying a house when they go to their after after the retreat. If I were buying a house after the retreat, I'd be doing nothing but decorating in my head <laughs> and all the things that have to happen. You know what I mean? during the retreat. And that's okay. That's natural. That's to be expected. So when it's a really stubborn, you know, returning, obsessive plan or worry that keeps returning and returning, then it's helpful to then take our Vipassana practice, sink it down into our bodies and sense into, is there an emotional engine behind this thought, this obsessive thinking? And start to investigate that and welcome it forward It's craving. (coughs) We wake up from a thought. We notice we're back in the present. We notice our mind, body, having just woken up from thought, and maybe that thought stream is tugging us, wanting us to go back in and feel that tug and know it is craving. Sense into that tug. Sense into that wanting, that need. Down, down into your body. Feel it in your body. What is being wanted? You might even meet it with this friendliness, this metta. 
like it was a, like it was a little child tugging at your let pant leg, your child. The Buddha said, metta, the feeling of metta, is the feeling of love of a mother for her child, her only child. And so can you imagine that need that way rather than an annoyance or something you shouldn't be doing, but rather something that wants to be heard? That's why it's so strong. It needs to be heard. So you could sink down in there and say, ask the little, drop in the little question, investigate. What do you want? I'm hearing, I'm listening, I'm here for you. Tell me what you want and then see what happens. If your mind starts to spin out into, I want this and I want that and I have to do this and I have to do that, and, you know, then just keep coming back to the body-based investigation. See what the feeling is saying in your body. Using your body intelligence. That's, a, that's how I like to work with letting go of the future. Letting go of the present. <laughs> mm. That's a little tricky. And that is pointing to this the fact that our present is really, it's like the whatever it was, how many, 60 mind moments in a second. It's moving. The present is a flow, really. Just the next moment, the next moment. The le- can we hold on to this moment, this present moment? Well, we can try, and we might find ourselves trying to freeze it. I, I want to see this one. No, I want to see this. This is important. Or, oh, this feels really good. I want to hold on to this. Or, you know, whatever. It's, it, we can't hold on. So it's the practice of letting go of the present, letting it flow through us, uh, and having that continuous mindful awareness that really is watching it as it flows. We're standing on the bank rather than drowning in the river of it. And that helps to let it flow. Just, you know, with these instructions, of course, it's always we're going to see how we're trying to hold on. And so investigate that, if that's what's happening, the gripping, the clinging to the present. And one of the ways we can, one of the, the mechanisms of holding on to the clinging, uh, clinging to the present is what Dave was pointing to yesterday afternoon the filters in the mind, the filters of greed, of hatred, delusion. Something is being wanted, something is being not wanted. We are not, we're spaced out, we're not fully in touch. These, my, these uh, tendencies or you, you could call them moods or emotions in the mind, if unnoticed, can then sprout into the wanting to hold on to this beautiful, pleasant moment. That's craving in the mind. That's greed in the mind. The pushing it away and starting to proliferate around how I can actually make myself feel better right now and really spinning out in thoughts of that. or Letting go of the present. Another kind of filter that I wanted to draw our attention to today is the self-filter, the self-interest filter which greed, hatred, and delusion can be part of. But it's like when we're filtering experience, our perception through this, what's in it for me? Or my preferences. Or it might be even my opinions or beliefs about what this is or means. Just uh, notice the difference between hearing the sound of a dog barking 
through the filter of that stupid dog that keeps barking and interrupting my meditation. I want it to be quiet so I can have that meditative experience that I am craving unconsciously. Stillness, peacefulness, and that stupid neighbor's dog is interrupting right now. They need, and then spinning out into the greed and aversion there, into like what to do about it, how they need to do something about their dog, get one of those shock collars or whatever. I mean, just shut it up. I might have to go over there with my BB gun later. Whatever. <laughs> I don't have a BB gun. But when I was a kid, I did. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So... And then there's another way of hearing that sound. Hearing it as sound. Okay, this is a sound. Not some sound that I have a problem with that doesn't serve me. It's a sound that is arising right now. Unfiltered, you will, or filtered through wisdom that recognizes that sounds come and go. They come and go. What no you know, sounds are a beautiful area to practice this with because usually you can't do much about sounds. So all of the wanting the sounds to be different is so futile. It's really apparent that what the filter is and how uh, you know pointless it is. And that makes it easier to let go of it. But we can start to practice this shift. It's just a shift of perspective. Letting go of the filter hearing sound as sound, as phenomena. I like to use that word. It means something to me. There might be a better word for you, but like hearing sound as phenomena, coming and going. And you can do the same thing with the other senses. Seeing these sights, not as, you know, we might start to notice how our eyes are seeking the pleasant sights. We're filtering, we're... We're filtering our actual perceptive process through our inner, I want pleasing sights. Let me just look at that. Can it be just sight seeing visual phenomena as visual phenomena? Tastes as tastes? Smells as smells? Speaking to the, you know, lozenge story, right? Mm -hmm. As soon as I switched out of... I don't want that to sound complete release of the suffering and stress. And the emotions disappeared. So it's a good exercise and we can actually train ourselves in making that flipping this switch of the wisdom filter versus the self-filter, self-preference. Just hearing, just seeing. And the Buddha, in a very famous sutta, pointed us to this this wisdom and this form, this way of practicing. Uh, when he said, you know, in the seen is only the seen, in the heard is only the heard, in the smelled, tasted, sensed, felt in the body, in the cognized in the mind, the activities of the mind. Only the mind. When you can perceive this way, there is no you there, he said. There is no you there. You are neither here nor there, 
nor in between. This, just this, is the end of suffering. So he's pointing directly to this self-filter and saying, that's it, people. That's why we suffer. So we, it's good to notice it in our minds. Sometimes it takes the form of greed, hatred, delusion. You know, that's what's actually happening. But it's usually, it has to do with me, I want, I don't want. What if we weren't at the center of the universe? What if it's just sound coming and going? Anyway, experiment with that today. Okay, so here's a technique that can help with this kind of practice. And we're basically just shifting into a regular Vipassana, with, but a choiceless, choiceless. We're not choosing particular objects <coughs> to anchor to. We're not choosing an object. Like we have been using the breathing sensations, the body, or the sound as anchors. Here, in this form of practice, we're anchoring, we're letting go of that. It's taking emphasis away from the objects and um, anchoring rather to recognizing whether we're aware or not. So, am I aware is the question I use to come back to. That's my meditation object, if you will, or whatever. Rather than feeling my breath, counting my breath, am I aware? Second question, what am I aware of? Letting the attention go wherever it's drawn, with no choice, you know? It might go to a sound, it might go to some body sensations, it might go to an emotion. We can, you know, it might go to stuff happening in the mind, it might go to other sense experience. No preference to where it goes. Or, and, and when we're there, when we're recognized, like, okay, sound. I'm aware of sound. Then we can stay there for a while if we want. And just observe the hearing process. See if any of these filters become apparent and whatnot. Whatever we see there. And then if attention goes to another sound or something in the body, then we follow it there. You know, it's just like, okay, now I'm aware of sensations in the body. So we're still cultivating continuity of awareness just without a preference of an object. That's what this choiceless practice is. And as we start it today, I will narrate a little bit like what it is that I'm aware of. And you don't need to do any inner narration, but sometimes it can help to, you know, let you know that you are aware. I'm aware of this, I'm aware of that. But you can let the words go. It just... <laughs> You can, so you can let, it's very relaxed. You don't need to force your attention anywhere. You just settle back and receive whatever is happening right now. Let it reveal itself. Whatever appears in the field of awareness. Okay. So let's find a posture that will support some. alertness this morning. We'll begin practice with the bell.
It might be interesting to start the sit just uh, sort of cycling through, checking into the state of the systems, external phenomena, sounds. Temperature of air, smells. Settling attention in the body and feeling any places of gripping or tension and suggesting to those to soften. Noticing how your body feels this morning. Different sensations that emerge to be known. And the mind. Checking into your mind, the mood in the mind this morning. What's on your mind, any emotions, and just letting them be, just noticing them. And now asking this question, am I aware right now? What am I aware of? And just letting whatever appears, appear, or you could think of it as your attention going to something. And I'll do a little narration. I'm aware of sensations of breathing in my nostrils. And I'm aware of the air moving through the back of my throat. I'm aware of the belly, this belly sensations rising, falling. Aware of the sound of my out-breath and the feeling of it. Aware of tension in my eye area heat in my face, aware of the clock sound, aware of thinking what I should say, aware of a easy kind of pressure in my chest, it feels like calm, the sensations of joy in my throat, now you might be uh, slower with the shifting of attention, or you might be quicker. It really doesn't matter, and like I said, you don't have to narrate as you go along.
can be helpful to periodically just remind yourself, am I aware right now? What am I aware of? Or if you prefer a less self-oriented language, is awareness present? What is being known? And there might be multiple things. And that's fine. You might also see, be aware of the attention shifting or flitting between different objects. And that's what you're aware of. If you become aware of an emotion, you could investigate that emotion as we did yesterday. Observing it, feeling it, letting it reveal and deconstruct into its component parts. What are you aware of right now? And then with this very important attitude piece, you might use the question, how am I being aware? And usually what happens for me is I check my body for tension. How am I aware right now? Is there tension in my face, my eyes? Am I looking for something, expecting something, noticing that tension? Just letting it go, relaxing back, kind of actually suggesting to myself, just relax back, Cheryl, just soften, receive. Not looking for anything in particular, just whatever needs to be seen will emerge. Am I aware or is awareness present? What am I aware of or what is being known? How am I being aware or what's happening in the mind that's meditating? What's my attitude right now toward meditation? What's the attitude? 
How am I meeting this moment? Can I meet this moment with friendliness, allowance, curiosity? Are you aware right now, if you've been lost in a thought, noticing you're now aware, taking in all the information about having just been lost in thought, how your body feels, your mind feels. It's a particularly stubborn thought, obsessive, continual pull. Investigate the pull, the tug, the wanting. If you can see it, can you drop your attention into your body and feel the pull, the planning, 
of the revisiting the past. Sense into it. Get curious about it. What is being wanted, dear one? What are you aware of right now? Letting go of the past. Letting go of the future. Letting go of the present as it's happening in the field of awareness. Knowing what's happening when it's happening. Very natural, gentle, easy, letting the flow move, flow.
And if you like, I invite you to turn your attention to sound. And let's end with this experiment in filterless hearing. Letting sounds come and go. Far away sounds, close ones. <coughs> From all directions. Is it possible to hear sound as phenomena? Hearing it as almost music, the different sounds coming, going, overlapping. Receiving the changing soundscape just as it is, watching it change. to end the session. See if you can hear each ring all the way through. for your practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.